Hello everyone and welcome to another episode of Polar Opposites. I'm your host, Nam's Compendium, and joined with me is my good friend and co-host, That Boy Aqua. Hello. It feels very good to uh, do another episode because it feels very real and professional now. Yes. So to put it into context, this is this is when the series has now officially become canon. We uh we got all the stuff set up except the YouTube channel just yet, at least at the time of recording. We're, we're having it'll it'll come soon, but we just don't have it right now. And I'll talk to you about that after. Okay. <laughs> Chances are you're probably listening to this on Spotify or Apple Music. We have the podcast now on all platforms. We have an actual logo that looks really good. I'm like I like it more and more as I keep seeing it. Oh yeah. Um. At, at first, I didn't really like it. Like I, I kind of thought. Um. We we paid somebody on Fiverr to do it, and I didn't like it at first. But it's growing on me a lot, and significantly so. And I think the revisions that we made to it, because when we were initially sent it, the color scheme was red and blue. But I think pink and blue kind of works a little bit better for us. Because mm-hmm. I mean, your 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 channels always had kind of a blue theme to it. And yeah, I mean, m- my channel hasn't had much of a pink theme, but pink has always been one of my favorite colors. And so I feel like if I had to pick a color that like represents me best, it would be like a nice salmon pink. Mm-hmm. Hot pink, on the other hand, is ill. I-, I don't I don't even want to think about it. It's garish. It's, it's too much, too much pink. Yeah. I don't know about you, Nick, but I am uh, wired right now because, you know, man, like what's it? Oh, I went to Starbucks today and look, I've been converted thanks to my girlfriend into just being a Starbucks girl, okay? Or Starbucks guy. Okay. Like, uh, to the point where I unironically call it Starbies. Oh, no. And I'm like, well, I'm going to get Starbies today. Oh, because... no, there's no going back. No, I'll tell you, there's no going back to any other coffee once you've had Starbucks. If anyone's listening right now, next time you go to Starbucks, go get a brown sugar oat shaken espresso. And I'm telling you, that will change your life. I've always been a black coffee kind of guy. And that's because I don't give a shit about flavor. I care about function. I want to be <laughs> able to just rip through whatever work I have and just like get a, get a nice good start to my day. But I'll get Starbucks if I'm A, uh, if I just got paid because then I don't mind spending $6 on a coffee or B, like I'm really tired. And today I was really tired, but... I normally get a medium, and a medium, I believe, is a grande. I don't know what a small is, because uh, I've never ordered a small. And to clarify, when you go to the counter, you're like, yo, can I get a medium? And they're like, oh, you mean a grande? Like, they they, they really hammer it in, and I find that annoying as fuck. And, and the reason I find that annoying is because I thought grande was big, right? Because, like, grande, it kind of sounds like grand. <laughs> and so I'm thinking, I don't want a large, I just want a medium. So what's the other one I know? Venti. And I don't know what venti means, but I was like, grande's got to be big, so venti's got to be the medium. And I was wrong. So I ended up getting uh, a large, a venti, and I think I have enough caffeine in me to give a horse a heart attack. <laughs> and I think that'll be a good thing for the episode, because now we're, 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 we're locked in and we're focused. So, mm-hmm. Nick, how are you today? Um, I'm doing pretty well because, uh, today something kind of special happened. I, as some of you know, I am a pretty big fan of SMT and Persona. It's like what most people know me for. And one of the most requested games for me to talk about was 
uh, a game called Devil Survivor. It's asked all the time. It became a running joke where whenever it was asked, I would say, oh, the video's delayed. Every every person who asks, it gets delayed by like a day or a week or something. Yeah. Nice. So I saw that um, the official Atlas West Twitter account was following people. And uh, in a bit of a cheeky, backhanded way, I said, okay, if Atlas West follows me on Twitter... I will play Devil Survivor. And I said that, and then I woke up in the morning, and there it was. I got followed by the official Atlas West Twitter account, so now I have to play Devil Survivor. I think Is that your first verified Twitter account that follows you? Um, I believe so. That's so cool. It might be, but it's really surreal that um, my channel's reached the point where the at least the West Branch, whoever is in charge of that, knows who I am. Yeah, and they've had to have seen your videos. Like, your Persona 4 video has, like, 500,000 views. Like, that, those aren't little kid numbers. Yeah. That's that's good stuff. What are you working on currently? Uh, currently, I'm working on a Persona Q2 video. I finished writing the script. And, hey. you know, should I mention the story? Yeah. It, wait, <laughs> is there going to be spoilers? No, I mean the story of what happened when I was writing it. Oh, yeah, go for it. I, I don't know what story. Yeah, like. All right, just, just so, so- go for it. Yeah, so recently I purchased a laptop because I've been wanting to write outside my house. I've come to the realization that uh, I get distracted very easily on my main computer. Mm-hmm. Since I can easily like load up games, get on the internet and all that shit. So I got a laptop and I found a very nice local park. It has a great bench with a table right by a river. <laughs> Super nice. I've been going there for like... The past couple days while I was writing. I I know the story you're talking about now. (laughs) You know the story I'm talking about now because I told you about it right when it happened. Should we establish the context around why this is so funny? Yes. Okay. So when uh, Nick gives me a call and he's like, yeah, I just bought this laptop for, it was like 250 bucks. Like it was on sale. It was like half off. Yeah. It was just meant to be a, I just want to write and check emails kind of thing. Because me and Nick are similar in that we get distracted when we're at our computers because I have, like, every game I could ever want on my computer and I have Discord, Twitter, like, everything there. But on my laptop that I primarily use for school, I can't really play games on there. And so it's easier when I have a device that is strictly used for work and nothing but work. It feels like when I use a laptop, I can get in the zone a little bit better. And one thing that Nick and I were talking about is that We wouldn't want other people to look at what we're writing because even though I think our job is really, really cool from the outside looking in, it is the most lame job ever. It's so weird because normally when people say, oh yeah, I make reviews for video games, you think, oh great, you make like five minute reviews for this game and you post (laughs) it like IGN or something like that. But we get our entire job is to get weirdly obsessive over a game and so our reviews are on average like 30 minutes and that in itself is weird i feel like if you're in the video critique space you think that's great and for people like me and nick we think 30 minutes is kind of a short video (laughs) but i i think to other people from the outside looking in especially when they don't know that this actually is your job and you know i think we're we're fairly decent at it it can seem kind of cringe on the outside you know and so we have this this like doomsday scenario where we don't want 
people to ask us about it because we don't know what to say. Whenever people ask me what I do for work, I just say I'm unemployed and I'm just focusing on my studies or something like that, right? And so then uh, what happened to you, Nick, when you were at the park? Anyways, I'm at the park. I'm very close to finishing my script. This 11 page at the time, it was 11 pages. And it was so much detail and all that. And uh, this older woman walks by. She looks like she's there for, like, photography or something. She has, like, a bunch of cameras. She has lenses. And she sees me on my computer. And she comes up to me. And she starts talking to me. It starts off, like, really casual. Like, oh, you found a nice spot here. It it was a very nice spot. And I was like, yeah, yeah, I've been coming here for, uh, like, three or four days now. It's been very nice. been helping me focus on my work. And then the follow-up question happened. Oh, uh, what are you working on? (laughs) And then it hits me. I don't think I want to talk about this because it is really lame. So I very casually say, oh, I'm writing a paper for school. I'm not in school for, uh, <laughs> for context. I'm not in school. And then she asked me uh, what course I was taking. And the questions kept piling on and on and on. And I kept going more in detail with my lie. So at this very moment, I am now a film student at a very, <laughs> at a university that's somewhat close to us and i was writing a paper about a movie we had to watch for class and i occasionally volunteer on movie sets for credit i i just love it and and the funniest part is is that i have written uh scripts in public like in, in in fucking lectures like everywhere and i've had one person ask me what i was writing and i said oh i'm writing a paper and they're like oh cool and that was it and so the fact that you Days after we talked about, like, the DEFCON 5 doomsday scenario had a moment where somebody just kept, like, prying and trying to figure out what was going on. I think it's just stellar. Yeah, and our friend Tony, (laughs) our friend Tony, I told him about what happened after it happened that night. And then he said, I should have just told the truth, except gone into excruciating detail about it. Like he said, like, oh, yeah, you should have told her exactly what it was and like try to like go into so much detail so that they get really confused and leave. You know, I don't even know if that would work. I don't think that would work. I think that would embarrass me. Yeah. Like that was like I was at a local Wendy's with uh, my friend Tony, different from our. So we we have a. uh, okay, we'll call this guy Anthony. It's, It's one of my good friends, Anthony. And we were at a Wendy's and. I can't remember what we were talking about, but I guess this older lady had overheard us. And then she just came up and started asking us a few questions like, oh, you know, what do you guys do and whatnot? And then she started talking about how her son owns property in the States. And she probably went on for 20 minutes. Like, and we had no response or very basic like, mm-hmm, yeah, yeah and and we both kept looking at each other like is this lady gonna fucking can it like at all and it's a weird spot because i don't want to say no to an elderly person you know what i mean yeah but at the same time i just say wendy's like i'm like 30 minutes away from diarrhea i gotta get the fuck out of here and like the timer is ticking yeah i'm a ticking time bomb i can't hang around and yeah it's it's awkward man (laughs) so Further uh, question before we get into the main topic of today's episode. Is there any news that you want to talk about, Nick? Anything gaming related that you just kind of want to share your thoughts on? Well, I would like to quickly mention uh, Sonic Frontiers. Because a couple weeks ago, we recorded our Sonic the Hedgehog podcast episode. 
And at the time, there wasn't any Sonic Frontiers uh, information at all, really. <gasps> Wait, can we make a quick amendment to that um, Sonic episode? Because both hmm? of us forgot to mention it. Sonic Riders kicks ass. Oh, yeah. That's a great game. Sonic Riders is rad as fuck. Yeah, sorry. Okay, continue. Anyways, uh, at the time, we didn't have any information on Sonic Frontiers. And like three days later, they started showing trailers for it. <laughs> and man, I I don't know. <laughs> I'm so like... I, I hope this is like a case of like a bad trailer, but like a good game. Because the way they're showing it off is like the most inappropriate way possible what do you mean by inappropriate they're giving like these specific aspects of the gameplay their own separate trailer rather than making a trailer surrounding all the facets coming together ign's coverage is like oh we're gonna show um like a trailer around the movement we're gonna show a trailer around the combat but it's like bro what movement yeah exactly i just runs <laughs> he runs fast <laughs> It's I, like, and people are gonna get on their our ass are gonna be like, oh well, he actually grinds on rails and he does spin dashes. And it, but like, come on, Sonic has never had like complex movement, right? Yeah, it was never the movement itself that made it fun. It was the way it was incorporated into the levels yes. that made it fun. Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, so they show off like grind rail, like all, like this open world stuff, and it looks really dull. But then they show the combat, it also looks kind of dull. But then, I think that this is a case of presenting it in the wrong way. Because I can imagine if combat, exploration, level design, if all that came together in, like, a gameplay showcase, showing all of it happening at the same time, mm -hmm. it would be a lot better. Because yesterday, IGN gave their first impressions, like, actual voicing opinions of stuff that's in the game, and they really liked it. They really liked what was there. And I'm sitting here thinking, like, Really? I, I think it looks interesting. I, I think, it does look interesting. Like, the idea of an open world Sonic game is great. And mm -hmm. I think that that is a decent direction for the series to go. But the most out of place things in the footage that we've seen has been the Sonic stuff. Like, I, I find it so weird that you have this stone tower that's however many feet tall and Sonic is running through the blades of grass. It looks fantastic. And then you have golden rings that go bing when you collect them. And it feels so out of place. It feels like a weird mod almost. Like it, It's contrasting yeah, in like the worst way possible. 100%. It feels like somebody made a mod for Breath of the Wild where they just took Sonic from generations or whatever and plopped him in. Mm-hmm. And I think that's really, really strange. I did mention, we mentioned this in the Sonic episode, but I'm still going to buy it. I think I have to try it. Yeah, that's how I feel. I like if, if you're someone listening to this right now that is really looking forward to Sonic Frontiers, I am not trying to take that away from you. Because I'm looking because forward to it as well. To an extent, I'm also looking forward to it. I, I want to try it out. It looks interesting. It looks like a, a fresh new take on the series, which I which is something that I mentioned that I liked about Sonic is how they weren't afraid to experiment. Yeah. And I just hope it turns out well. Yeah, and this feels like another experiment. And it yeah. could go well or it could go horribly wrong as it has so many times in the past. A uh, little piece of news I want to bring up is, and this is like hot off the press, mind you. This happened today. Really? Have you been keeping up with the situation between Actman and Quantum TV? Not really. So Quantum TV is a guy who makes TV reviews or just, well, mm -hmm. tech reviews, but as the name would imply, he does a lot of TV and monitor stuff. 
and he happened to make an Elden Ring video, and he just mm. sort of said that he didn't like the game. I haven't seen the original video, but Actman, a gaming YouTuber who makes like video essays and reviews and whatnot, he made a video talking about the worst Elden Ring takes he could find, and one of them was Quantum TV's review. And despite the video being very much under fair use, like, I, I mean, I'm no, I don't know anything about the court of law, but... From what I know of fair use and copyright on YouTube, I would say it was perfectly within fair use. He showed enough of the clips of his video to give context, but not so much as to prevent the user from going to watch it on their own, if that makes sense. And Quantum CV gave him a copyright strike and Actman felt this was unfair, tried to appeal it. And then to, to make a long story short, Quantum TV goes like on a rampage. He's caught, he figured out the Actman's like, full name address and whatnot and, and contacted his mother and like threatening his mother like just th this guy just went like psycho mode right mm -hmm. and then Actman makes multiple videos explaining that th this should not be allowed to happen and he should not be allowed to abuse a copyright system like this and yet here we are and it sucks it, it basically youtube had sided with quantum tv and said he can keep his copyright strike yada yada and then somehow and again, I'm leaving a lot of things out. This is very abridged because I don't want... This is a rabbit hole. Like, this is a whole episode we could go into. Actman's YouTube channel is now completely demonetized. And his video explaining why YouTube is picking the wrong side has been taken down for nudity? Like, something super weird. And I think it was because of an offhand joke that he made. But based on the context of the joke, it wasn't that bad. Like, it seems like this is a... They're trying to like, throw the book at him kind of thing. Yeah. And so his channel is currently demonetized and rumor has it his channel could get deleted. And I just, I don't even know what to say. I think this is fucking insane because this is, this is a man's livelihood. You know, say what you want about an individual video. I think honestly, the video getting, the one video getting demonetized or something like that is bad, but the Streisand effect is going to come into play so hard that it's going to make quantum TV look even worse. And so the silver lining is that even though, yes, it's bad that a video got taken down or demonetized or something like that, it's going to bring so much more awareness because all of the news outlets like Scares, Keemstar, uh, Review Tech USA, they're all going to be talking about it yet again. It's going to reach more eyes and people are not going to forget about this, yada, yada. But now that his livelihood is being threatened and... I mean, worst of all, the guy's birthday is tomorrow as of recording this. We're recording this on the 8th. His birthday is tomorrow, and there's a chance he could wake up tomorrow, and his, not only his source of income, but, like, everything he's worked towards over the last God knows how many years, I, and if I'm correct, he's been around a long time, is just gone, deleted. And I think that's, I think I speak for both of us when I say that is a YouTuber's worst nightmare. Yes. My channel is my baby. Like, and, and if something happens to it, I, I, I wouldn't even know what to do with myself. And so I can't imagine having someone like him because it's even worse with someone like him because I think he has over a million subscribers. Yes. And so not only is that a lot of work, and I'm sure he takes a lot of pride in that, that's a very stable job. Mm -hmm. he, he must be very comfortable. I think you and I are at stages in our YouTube careers where we're not comfortable yet. Not quite, no. I can't just post anything and expect it to get views and expect it to do well and just be okay with that. And when I say anything, I obviously mean anything within our niche. I could review any sort of game and expect it to do all right. Or sorry, I can't do that quite yet. I still have to do things that 
I know we're going to do well with my audience, yada, yada. Actman, he's the type of person that he has the channel, that audience that wants to see what he puts out to where he could focus on just enjoying it and putting out what he wants. And that's, I think that's a position that a lot of YouTubers strive for. And mm -hmm. so I think it makes it even more tragic that that is being taken away from him because anyone who's made YouTube videos or anyone who is a YouTuber, they know that that grind is, is really long and really tough. And to just it's really hard. have it all taken away is, is, is I feel horrible for him. And so yeah. just for the sake of signal boosting, I know this episode is probably going to get like 10 plays, but um, you can use the hashtag justice for Actman on Twitter to send out your thoughts and prayers or best wishes, yada, yada. But I just kind of want to talk about that because I think that's really messed up and I think it's scary for other YouTubers honestly, because uh, me and Nick, we don't use other people's footage aside from each other's. Like I'll use Nick's footage. I'll steal it all day, every day. But if it's another YouTuber, I won't use their footage even. And like, of course, if I absolutely have to, I always credit it. But mm -hmm. credit doesn't exempt you from people who are just assholes. You know what I mean? And so yeah. it's, it's, it, it's scary. So now that we've kind of gotten that out of our system, we've, we've, set the stage so to speak let's talk about the topic of today's episode and that is battle royales so nick in the best way you can describe to me what is a battle royale it is the modern version of minecraft hunger games amen brother Woo! i'm so glad you said that it is it like is. <laughs> it, it, it's the same thing <laughs> It, it, it actually is. And I played... So here's something weird. I'm really into BRs right now. Uh, BR Battle Royale. Um, mm -hmm. And it took me a while to get into them, which is weird considering how super, super into Minecraft Hunger Games I was. When I was 13, I used to play that all day, every day. That and like TNT Run on Hypixel. Like I was really into it. Um, yeah. But, but yeah, a Battle Royale is just... Uh, imagine the Hunger Games. But... In this modern uh, battle royale, the modern incarnation, it's usually anywhere from 100 to 150 players dropped into a very large map, and you essentially drop down, pick up loot and weapons, last person standing wins, right? Yes, that's the best way I would describe it. That's the general formula most of them, most of the main popular ones do. Of course, there are a couple outliers that I would like to talk about at some point. Yes. So outside of... Minecraft Hunger Games, what was your first exposure to a Battle Royale? Uh, my first exposure was actually PUBG. I never played it, but I knew about it. <laughs> Mine was the DayZ mod. Really? There was a DayZ mod for or it? Or it might have been H1N1. Like King of the Hill? H1Z1? H1Z1. Oh my god, H1N1. That's like the flu virus, right? <laughs> 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 yeah, it was H1Z1. And I, I can't remember if it was H1Z1 or if it was a mod for DayZ, but it was some, it was a mod. I remember that. And I remember that was huge. And mm -hmm. then PUBG came along and it got even bigger. And it was the same for me. I had never played it. I just heard of it. I didn't even think, I thought it was a stupid thing, honestly. I thought PUBG was stupid because like it didn't run on anything. Yeah. And it was very primitive. Oh yeah. But then a little game came along and really took the battle royale concept i think to the next step with a certain layer of polish and performance and it took the world by storm 
So much so that it made an appearance in Avengers Endgame. And I think you know which one we're talking about here. <laughs> so, Nick, what do you think about Fortnite? All right, so Fortnite, that was definitely a, um, a journey and a half to actually get me playing it. Because I, much like a lot of people, when Fortnite first came out, I never played it when it first came out. Like, very first early seasons when it first came out. Mm-hmm. But I heard about Fortnite, I think, 2017-2018. That is when I first started hearing about it. Was that during the, we'll call it like the ninja era, where it just absolutely exploded on Twitch? Yeah. Okay, yeah. I think I heard about it around the same time. And I was one of those people that tried to be like super hipster and said, oh, Fortnite sucks, blah, 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 just because it was popular. And it was like this. Oh, I was just going to say, I think a lot of people were like that, including myself. Oh, yeah. And that's something I've been trying to work on even like to this day is to not... I think when something gets too popular, I don't know what it is about me, but I kind of like distance myself from it. Mm -hmm. And I don't know why, but I've been trying so much harder to be more open minded about stuff and think, well, it must be popular for a reason. Mm -hmm. But yes, I I was in the exact same same boat. And Nick, what was the first battle royale that you actually played? The first one that I actually played and I fucking hate that it was the first one I played. It wasn't Warzone. What? It wasn't it wasn't Apex. It was Black Ops 4 Blackout. Oh. What a, what's I was oh god, I was about to ask what what's wrong with that mode, but I remember that that was not a good BR. And what what do you what do you think about Blackout? Let's let's talk about it. <laughs> it was so like hastily thrown together and there <laughs> it, it tried to be a, it tried to be a lot more like PUBG than just COD. Yeah. And there were some cool things in it, but like for the most part, it was it was just lame. I, it was definitely just an answer to yeah. PUBG and Fortnite. And I think the thing that makes it so different is that you had to pay $90 for the full game before you could play Blackout, as opposed to Fortnite Apex Warzone, which is all free to play. Mm-hmm. I also, I think that might have also been my first Battle Royale, and that might be why I did not enjoy it. Because in my very few games on Black Ops 4 Blackout, I found that I didn't really know what the meta was. I didn't really know how anything worked. And I found it very inaccessible from that standpoint. And I would just like run into somebody and the first person I find, they kill me instantly. And we'll come back to that because I think that's something that permeates still into Warzone. But we'll, we'll we'll get back to that. Uh, I'm going to put a different spin on the question here. What was the first Battle Royale that you actually got into? Not just like tried or played a few games of, but one that you consistently have come back to. Consistently came back to? Yeah. Because um, the first one I did put any amount of time into was actually Fortnite. Mm-hmm. Like, I did play that a little bit in 2019. Not a whole lot. What got you to jump on it? One of my good friends, Ruben played it he wanted more people to play with and uh he was showing me it uh it was at the time when planes were a thing this was still chapter one. Oh yeah i forgot chapters and i did play it with him for quite a bit i think at the time my account had like 20 something hours in it mm. but uh when by the time that first chapter ended i didn't really go back to it because i started playing another little game with my good friend nolan called warzone oh yeah Oh, yeah. Warzone is, uh... Can we just fucking dive into Warzone, please? Right, I've been yeah, itching let's, for let's it. Talk about Warzone. Like, I, 
I've been wanting an excuse to talk about Warzone because I, I can't make a video on Warzone, at least right now, because I've fallen out of the meta. I'm currently playing Fortnite. But uh, when I first played Fortnite, I thought it sucked because I thought the building was shit. Mm -hmm. And I still think on controller, building sucks. I don't know how people build on controller. On keyboard and mouse, I think it is a little more manageable. But I was a controller Andy back in the day, and I, I decided that I was going to give Warzone a shot. And the only reason I think I got so into Warzone was because of Tim the Tapman streaming it every single day with like Nick Merckx and Cloaksy and a bunch of other people. And my friend Anthony carried me because not only <laughs> did I suck at COD, but I never played a BR. And I think this is why Warzone is something I don't recommend to people overall. It is so inaccessible for two reasons. One, the weapon meta is the strictest out of any game I've ever played. And two, there is so much nuance to a battle royale that is exclusive to Call of Duty. The Call of Duty battle royale or the Warzone battle royale experience is very different from something like Fortnite. In Fortnite, your goal is to get is to loot around, open chests, get guns. In Warzone, your goal is to, in the shortest amount of time possible, get your loadout, which means you can bring a custom class into the game because there's always a broken gun in Warzone. For Warzone players out there, I jumped in, I think around season uh, four, and that's when the Grau was really popular or some call it the Graw. Uh, I think the Graw sounds stupid, so I'm going to call it the Grau. And the Grau just shredded. Iron Sights too. This thing was dead accurate from afar damage was insane well, i mean and there was very little recoil so for controller and keyboard and mouse players it was just perfect when i really got into call of duty and this was around season five and six the kilo was the meta and the thing is the kilo on its own is fine it's a fine gun but with certain upgrades and with certain attachments which you can only get through your loadout is the gun actually viable so not you need a kilo you need a specific you need a monolithic suppressor because most suppressors will uh shorten the range on your gun which means it has a sharper damage drop off at a shorter range uh the monolithic suppressor negates that so you need a monolithic suppressor and this is one thing about warzone that i don't like certain attachments are just flat out better than others there isn't oh if you use this attachment it has this pro and con but this one has this pro and con overall a monolithic suppressor is objectively better than any other suppressor in the game and there's there's no denying that. And I think there's a reason for that. The reason is that they want you to buy the base game because you can level up your guns in Warzone, but it takes forever. It's much faster if you buy the game that gun is from. So the Kilo was a modern warfare gun. So I think the business model they're going for is make the monolithic suppressor, which is the last gun you unlock or the last uh, attachment you unlock for most guns or one of the last ones, it's late. And in order to do that faster, you buy the base game, play the base game a bunch, then you come back to Warzone, and now you have this uh, suppressor that you can use, and it's just flat out busted. And going back to the meta, not only do you need this, but you also need certain things that shouldn't matter at all. So there was a uh, scope that everyone used called the Vulcan three times, I think it was called, and that had the lowest recoil. Scopes, for some reason, have like different recoil from each other. But the only one that was better was the holographic sight, but only if you used a blue dot reticle. <laughs> like, I I'm not joking. Anyone who played during season six, you know what I'm saying. And, and this permeated until like season like eight or whatever until they did chapter two. It I don't remember this. Oh, it was busted. So like 
If you had the same scope with a red reticle and a blue reticle, the blue one would just be less recoil across the board. <laughs> Why is it like that? I don't know. Is it like that in the regular game? Yes, I think. Because it was the same engine. But I hmm. so this is why it was so weird to me. Because I assumed things like the monolithic suppressor are so good because then they can put it in bundles. And then you can buy those bundles. And I'm talking you can buy two guns that come with their own attachments. And these things cost like 13 bucks. Like they are charging you out the ass. They're not as bad as something like Valorant, but it is definitely expensive. And you could argue that because the game is free to play, it's okay for them to charge more. And I think that's a different discussion that we can jump into later. But I think the reason they made these these late gun attachments so good is so they could make you buy the bundles. And so the problem with Warzone, I find, is that the meta is so inaccessible because you need to either grind the game like hell or you need to spend real money. And the issue is that when everybody knows what the meta is, you don't have a choice. You cannot get by with just any old gun unless you're like really good at the game. But then that goes in to a different issue with Warzone, which is the skill-based matchmaking is really, really loose compared to regular Call of Duty. Regular Call of Duty is if you perform okay in a match, like you do good enough, like your KD is positive, uh, the next game you're going against fucking FaZe. Like <laughs> they immediately jack you up there. And then once you lose, they jack you back down. If you lose twice in a row, you're playing with like literal bots for a game. But in Warzone, it takes so long for your uh, matchmaking to catch up to you. And so there were a lot of points where I would just lose game after game after game after game, getting killed, you know, within the first minute, first minute, first minute. And then you just get in these bot lobbies and then you start winning and winning and winning and winning. And then you get pushed right back down. And there's another issue where the matchmaking overall is kind of broken. But the reason I bring this up is to say on the flip side, Fortnite's matchmaking, I find is really good. I agree. I think, yes, you can tell it's skill-based, and yes, you can tell, like, if you win a game, the next lobby you go into is going to be a lot harder. But it feels like if I just get shit-kicked, like, two games in a row, it immediately adjusts me. And then I'm back to, you know, getting a couple kills and then dying. You know what I mean? And I think I want to transition to Fortnite now. Uh, but before I do, Nick, what are your thoughts on Warzone? Because I think we had an interesting dynamic when we played because I knew basically everything about the game at the time inside out. And you not only didn't really know like the meta of the game, but you also didn't have any custom classes or meta guns that you could rely on. I did not. Because outside of guns, you also there's certain perks that you absolutely need. Uh, things like ghost. So you don't show up on UAVs in the game. There's there's so much that you need to give yourself a fighting chance. And I also want to ask you about this because i feel like i've been talking for a while and i need to shut the fuck up so take it away all right so warzone i did not own uh modern warfare the the remake i was strictly playing warzone on its own and i think it's the call of duty uh progression that's ingrained inside warzone's design that kind of holds it back because as you said, they want you to buy the base game. They want you to buy uh, Modern Warfare. They want you to buy uh, Cold, War. Cold War. I actually did buy Cold War specifically for Warzone. Well, but we played Cold War on our own a fair bit. Yeah, we, we did. enjoyed Cold War. But like, well, I would be lying if I didn't say that uh, um, <laughs> being able to quickly level up guns to get better attachments for meta did not oh, yeah. help. Yeah. And because of that, it always felt as though I my account had a bit of an unfair disadvantage. Mm-hmm. 
Because I was only stuck with what I could find in chess, and I was only able to make such limited class choices that it was kind of frustrating at points. And the guns in chess are actually, for the most part, awful. Yeah, they're, they're pretty bad. You, you open a chest to get armor plates, money, and um, that's about it. Yeah. Because you want your custom class as soon as possible. And you also want self-revive as soon as possible. Yeah, that's a, that's a, that's a big thing. Yeah, so what ended up happening was um, because of my disadvantage, I played that game very, uh, very bitch-like. I, I would rarely ever want to engage with people. Yeah. Because there was always that thought, it's like, that guy 100% has better shit than me. But if I get lucky and I kill him, I can at least take his gun. But I, okay, didn't really happen that much. I, I want to offer a different perspective because I did the same thing. And I don't think it's a product of not having the right guns. I think it's just because the game was new. Because for me, I was I didn't know what I was doing. And Call of Duty is best played like you have a nine-inch dick. Like, you need to just jump in there, no fear, and just send it. And that works, like, a lot of the times. But but that goes against your, your better instincts. You know what I mean? When you first mm-hmm. start up the game, you're like, I don't want to die. I don't want to lose. So I'm going to sit in this corner so I can get 20th place with only with zero kills. And that seems like the right way to do it at first. But then the game becomes so boring. Mm-hmm. And I think the best games you and I played were ones where we would get our classes, grab a UAV, find someone on the map and just charge in. And that's honestly, it's just big dick style swing around corners with shotguns. And that's what made it super fun for me because it it can be very fast paced if you want it to. You say that, but I never found that I had an issue with that when I went back to Fortnite with you uh, kind of recently. With not knowing the game? No, not that, but more so um, in terms of being able to engage against other people. I felt more willing to do that in Fortnite than I did in Warzone. Do you think it's because you had that familiarity with Fortnite from the prior years that you had played it? Either that, or I just find the way that Fortnite balances its pickups much better. Yep, I, I agree with that. That's a huge thing. But I'm not calling. I'm not calling Warzone bad. I did have fun with it. No, I think Warzone's and, awful. Um, I, well, I haven't played it in a very long time, so I don't. know. I had a great time with it, and I and honestly, I'd probably play it again and love it. But I think. As a game, Warzone has for so long now had most busted meta, many points where it has seemed pay to win. Like they have basically proven that if you purchase bundles, you get easier lobbies for a bit. The skill-based matchmaking is absolutely fucked. Like it's just, it, it just doesn't work. And the biggest thing, and this is something we have not seen in Fortnite very much, and a big reason as to why I like Fortnite a lot, at least right now, is Warzone has the biggest cheating problem I've ever seen in a game. Maybe... Maybe not as bad as Titanfall 2 or something like that, but it is definitely one of the worst, if not the worst, because I don't know how Apex Legends is. I know Apex is really bad for cheating too, but Warzone is really bad for cheating. Mm -hmm. And I find that there was a point in Warzone, this is what got me to stop playing it, is that there was a point where I got very good at Warzone. Like, I'm not like going pro, but Nick, you can attest. Like, there was a point where I was up to date on the meta. I knew how to play the game and I I was quite good at it. Yeah. And there got to a point where I was running into like three or four cheaters a day. And look, I don't mind losing. Nobody wants to lose. And yeah, I get tilted and whatnot. But I actually get genuinely frustrated and don't want to play the game if I lose to a hacker or someone who's cheating. 
It's one thing if someone's better than me. If someone's better than me, I get frustrated and then I'm like, oh, I want to beat them. I'm going to try even harder. And I want to I want to jump back into the game because I'm so like, oh, I want to, you know what I mean? It's that motivation, like when you die in like Sifu or Dark Souls or something like that, where it, it's fair. The frustration is not because you can't kill that person. It's because you didn't. It's that you made the wrong play and it gives you that like fire that you're like, oh, I want to go right back in there. And if I die to a hacker, I just want to turn the game off. Because then why try? It's especially obvious when you're playing Warzone because the kill cam just explicitly highlights when it happens. Yeah. And, and so it would become the self-fulfilling prophecy of I'd jump into a game, get into like top 30, and I'd be like waiting for the other shoe to drop. When, okay, when's the hacker going to jump out and like just snipe me across the map? Or I remember, Nick, we would play in lobbies and I would say, hey, wait a minute. It's been five minutes and we're down to like 40 people. And I would say, oh, yeah. there's a hacker in this lobby. And lo and behold, there almost always was. Like, it was brutally obvious because these these hackers, they don't, because the game is free and they can just make a new account, they don't care. There is no stopping them. And so they, they will drop like 40, 50 bombs on a lobby. And it's insane. And so compared to Fortnite, I, I actually don't think I've run into a hacker in Fortnite yet. I don't think I have either. I think I may have run into like some suspicious plays. You know what I mean? When I say suspicious, I don't mean I think they're hacking. It's either they just hit the shot of their life or there's something fishy going on. Mm -hmm. And I think that's fine. The worst part is Warzone implemented a kernel level anti-cheat and it does not work because cheaters have actually before it even released, cheaters were finding ways around it before it was officially released. They had they had ways around it. And I think that's horrendous. And I think for a, a, a billion dollar company, they need to do so much better than that. We've already sort of talked about it, but what are the major problems with Battle Royales as a whole? We know that the meta can often be rough, and I think the Battle Royales genre can seem a little inaccessible at times. I only say that because Fortnite, when it first came out, had building, and building is really tough to get into. Like, I had to sit mm -hmm. in uh, a custom lobby and just practice building and cranking 90s and doing the edits and whatnot but now with no build i'd say it's a lot more accessible yeah and i like that fortnite what it does is your first couple of games you only play against bots and so yes okay it's not a real game and whatever i think it's better because it gives you a little bit of satisfaction and it gives you confidence to try stuff you know what i mean as opposed to something like warzone you could load up your first game and just be shitted on by the first guy who jumps around a corner or mm -hmm. <laughs> this is so embarrassing. I played Apex for three months, like sporadically, and I didn't. I never got a single kill in BR. Really? In the arena mode, I could get, I could like get kills and whatnot, but in the battle royale mode, I I couldn't do it. I don't, and I don't think that's the game's fault. I just think the skill floor for Apex, because of the community, is so high. And I'm sure with more time and practice, I could have done it. But I think Fortnite, I I find I can play more casually. Warzone and Apex, I can't. I have to sweat if I play those games. Because if you play casually and you do good in one game, like I said, you're going right up against FaZe. It, they're so quick to bump you up and so slow to drop you back down as far as matchmaking goes. And so I think those can be the major problems. And that's a problem you can't avoid. If you have 100 players in the lobby, how can you for sure, like for sure make sure that every player is on an even playing field? Especially when your battle royale isn't the most popular. I think bots are a way to do that. Mm -hmm. And some people don't like that. 
because it's not real. And I get that, but I think for beginners, it's great. And that's it. Because, I mean, I stopped playing with bots after my third game in Fortnite. Because I my first couple of games, I dropped like 30 kills. And so it was pretty obvious to the matchmaking that I was good enough to play with other players. What kind of problems do you think Battle Royales have? Um, I think a problem is that there's a lot of filler in matches. Hmm. Where you just run around and you grab items. And a lot of the times, it's not, like, interesting. Like... Fortnite, for example, like, I'd say, honestly, over 50% of that game is just running around looking for shit, and it's not even, like, looking for people, it is looking just for items that are just randomly generated. Mm, true. And sometimes, those items are, <laughs> des- decide whether or not you win in a certain fight. Oh, yeah. Because we were talking about weapon imbalance, and Fortnite is generally good at that, for the most mm. part, but there are some times... Where people will just have objectively better weapons than you. Things like in the most... So we've been playing Fortnite pretty consistently for the last couple of months now. And the drum shotgun is broken. It's insane. A auto shot... A pump shotgun goes... (laughs) Auto goes... (laughs) But it has slightly less damage. The drum shotgun does so much damage and it's literally... And uh, it's not even fair. It is so like, and then there's things like if you get a gold scar, you've won the game. Congratulations, GG's handshake. Hope to see in bracket that like it's done. Mm. Remember when the uh, the thermal scope was just insane? Yep. It would just like no bullet drop off. It was just a better sniper rifle. Oh yeah, and now it's the burst. The burst rifle goes a little. Mm -hmm. A gold one of those, you win. Yep. It was you know. Thanks for coming out. And I guess that is one strength of Warzone is that despite uh, the game being really meta heavy, you can get your loadout in the first minute of dropping. And once you have your loadout, you're set for the rest of the game, more or less. I feel like Warzone games move very quickly if you want them to. Yeah, you can hide in corners and whatnot and take things slow. But if you drop at one of the hot drop locations, um, I know there's a new map called Caldera, and I've not played on that map, but in uh, what was the... Oh, Verdansk? the old map, if mm-hmm. you drop Superstore and you're good enough to beat the other players in there, it, it, you can get your loadout and a UAV in a minute. And then you grab a car and you're immediately pushing someone and getting into another fight. You can make it as intense as you want. And Fortnite has something similar in that you can drop Tilted Towers if you want like a really, I guess, bustling opening. But the problem is there have been many times where I have finished up at Tilted Towers, killed like five people, and all I have to show for it is a white SMG. And it's just because the loot is random. I think another issue with uh, these long-running battle royales, and it's their, I guess, mixed events, like, in terms of quality. Because sometimes you'll get, like, a really cool, like, event, like the uh, the Spider-Man stuff in Fortnite. Yeah. You'll get a new item, a web shooter item, that, like, consistently spawns all over the map. And they put the Daily Bugle just in the map. Yeah, the Daily Bugle was just in the map. And it's this web shooter item let you play differently. That is a really cool idea. But then you get stuff like, I remember this from the old days, enemies just randomly spawning. Oh. Like around you. So you have to waste your resources killing them, but then it just gives you away like around everyone else. Yeah, that is kind of, because especially with uh, the Spider-Man gloves, if we heard gunshots, we just swang at it. Yeah. Like we would just bomb rush it. 
this isn't one of the topics we have listed down because for, for any of our lovely listeners, we have sort of bullet points of things we want to talk about. And I just want to make a ask a little sub question. How do you feel about the monetization of battle royales right now as far as like free to play? You know what I mean? Like battle passes specifically? Battle or? passes and the rotating item shop, which by the way, thanks for reminding me, I got to check the Fortnite store. <laughs> I think that Fortnite's battle pass is the best one in any game. Are you saying in terms of quality or how they execute it? Uh, I say I think in terms of quality. Yeah. Yes. I think it gives the best payout for what it gives you the best rewards for what you're paying for and the way you level it up is also like the most consistently uh fun thing yeah because you don't even have to play the game to level it up like you can just do quests in, in yeah it's... as opposed to because warzone and fortnite their battle passes are both ten dollars and something i like that both battle passes do is that they give you v bucks on return and they give you currency on mm-hmm. uh, upon purchasing it. So as long as you complete the battle pass, which yeah, it takes work, but if you're if you're playing the game consistently throughout its time, you're gonna get there like no problem. Then you really only have to buy the battle pass once, and then you can just keep rebuying it. Yeah, and it's not even like you're only getting just enough currency to get the battle pass, right? Like, a, don't you get slightly more? Yeah, you get enough that you could buy a cosmetic or an emote or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. And, and of course, you get access to all the other skins and whatnot in the battle pass i mean the one that just came out now is darth vader the last last season was doctor strange the one before that was spider-man like those are great rewards and they great rewards in between too and so i i think for a free game i would happily spend 10 bucks and when what these battle passes do that i really really like is that say so the battle pass is based on your level in fortnite I believe you, if you reach level 100, that's when you've completed the battle pass, right? Yes. And I like that if you're level 100 and you haven't bought the battle pass, you can still buy it and get access to everything up to that point. So Valorant is a game I play pretty inconsistently, and I don't play consistently enough to complete the battle pass. But what I did when I was playing it is look at the battle pass, do I want it? And then I'd wait until about two days before the season ends. And if I was at the max level for the battle pass and I liked what was in there, I would only buy it then. And I I like that they let you do that because then if you, you know, for Fortnite, if I, I I buy the battle pass right when it comes out because I know I'm going to play it. Like I've been playing Fortnite almost every day. Mm -hmm. But I like that if I'm unsure about it, I can just wait, see if I get there and then purchase it, which I think is really cool. Mm Mm-hmm. How do you feel about the item store? Honestly, I'm not a huge fan of how it does it. Why? Because rotating item shops, all it really does is just get you to open the game. Like, I get that. Like, oh, they want you to check the item store. Oh, maybe play a quick game or two. It's like, I would just appreciate it if everything for at least that week was listed. Yeah. Well, and the other thing, too, is I think they capitalize on the the FOMO. Yeah, they do. Absolutely. The fear of, of missing out. There, there are so many times where I'm not sure on an emote, and I'm like, but how long will it be before I see this again? And then I usually end up buying it. Or worse, you don't buy something because you think something else will be there the next day. And that, Yeah, and then you're like, oh, well, what if there's something better the next day? And that's usually what happens. Has the Battle Royale genre reached its peak uh what do you mean by that okay one in terms of popularity but i was thinking do you think there is more that can be done or do you think that it has been explored enough i think in its current form uh battle royales don't really have anywhere else to go beyond distinguishing themselves with certain gimmicks 
Like the core idea of the current battle royale feels very derivative at this point. Mm -hmm. Much like other trends, I think we've sort of reached the apex of it. (laughs) (laughs) But at the same time as that, I think the framework, a basic framework of the battle royale, like 100 people playing against, like competing against each other, still hasn't been fully explored. Just in terms of shooting, I think it has. Mm -hmm. And I say this because occasionally we get something very unique, like Tetris 99. Oh, yeah. That, that is actually, like, and, a great point. And so I, I yeah. never played Tetris 99, which uh, really, really sucks. Because I feel like now that... Because I, I wasn't into Tetris at the time, but now that I'm, like, super into it, I feel like I would have loved it. Tetris 99... A lot of these are on the Switch. Like, there's Tetris 99. There was Mario 35. Yeah which was like, that game's Battle Royale, but can't play that anymore, sorry. Man, when are we going to get a Puyo 99? That would be hell. Imagine the garbage. Oh, it'd be so good. It'd be so awful, hey, I think. I would love if it, If anybody's though. listening, we need a Puyo Puyo Cross Tetris 3 ASAP on my desk Please. yesterday. And make um, make Joker and Kiryu characters they can pick as. Yeah. I, I mentioned Tetris. I mentioned Mario. There was also another one, like, I think it was Pac-Man got one, but... After the first week, I don't think anyone plays that one, like, ever. Oh, yeah, that might have just been poorly implemented. Yeah. From what I hear, it, um, it was pretty, it was pretty much just played multiple, like, games of Pac-Man or some shit. Oh. Like, I never tried it myself. I was never interested. I'm not, like, super into classic arcade Pac-Man. But I did play a fair bit of Tetris 99, and that game is sick. Yeah, it was really cool. Uh, so how much longer do you think this model can last? Um, honestly, I give it a few more years. I think we're gonna we're gonna hit the point where new ones stop coming out, and only like the Titans will remain. Like Fortnite, I don't think is going away anytime soon. Warzone, Apex, those games are probably gonna still get supported, but we might already be reaching the point where people just aren't excited whenever one gets announced, nor really care to try it out. Yeah. Much like all trends, like things come and go. Yeah. Sometimes certain icons stay. Like back in the nineties, the mascot platformer was huge. Like everyone wanted to be the next Mario. Everyone wanted to be the next Sonic. But that doesn't happen anymore. But the only ones that stay are the most popular ones. And I feel like the the twenty tens saw a shitload of you can choose how you approach your play style do you want to use that's like every e3 trailer anyways or do you want to use combat guns a blazing and it's like we're gonna do stealth this time yeah but then we're gonna mess up the stealth halfway through the trailer so we can showcase the combat too and it's like every fucking game has that now And, and i'm not saying it's bad it's just that i've seen enough of it for example, I've been uh, working on an Assassin's Creed 4 video, and not only am I bitter as hell in that video, and I had a, I, I want to talk about that after we finish this uh, topic, but th- the reason I love it so much is that it jumps out of the formula. You know, Assassin's Creed has always been like, do you want to go stealth or do you want to go guns blazing? How do you, a lot of player choice, but then Assassin's Creed 4 brings all of that, but then throws this naval combat into it that spices it up enough that it feels, even if it feels different, and there are some people who say it's not a true Assassin's Creed game because it's it's so focused on pirate stuff, it's still a really good game. And I think a lot of people uh, would agree with that because it just, it doesn't have to innovate on what's there, it just has to bring something new. And I think Mm -hmm. that battle royales need to head in the same direction where like you said they've kind of they've got it down pat they just got to bring in 
something new now. Shooters have been nailed, and Tetris has shown that puzzle games can work. Yep. I think more puzzle games, primarily a Puyo Puyo one, please. <laughs> oh my god, Puyo Puyo Tetris 99. Please. Just the whole Puyo, lobby. Puyo 99. Every 30 seconds be- it swaps. Oh my god, swap mode? <laughs> that would be oh, insane. That's hell. This kind of, like, we, we've already talked about this a bit, but let's lead into our final question. What game would you like to see next introduce a Battle Royale? So we've said Puyo Puyo, or, or a puzzle game in that vein. And personally for me, uh, this might be an awful idea, by the way. I'm just sort of spitballing. Uh, I don't want to say something like Halo, because one, I'm not a big Halo guy, and two, it's still in that shooter area. Mm-hmm. I think... If you take a burnout game, put yourself on a map with a hundred other players and the last one standing, like the last one whose car has not been wrecked, wins, I think that would be awesome. That sounds so fucking rad. Because the coolest part about uh, burnout games is the takedowns and ramming other cars off the road and stuff. And so what you could do is you can have, you know how in I, I the only burnout game i've played is burnout paradise and i know that's like really bad because there's a lot better burnout games but you know how in burnout games they have gas stations you can drive into them to to repair your car mm-hmm. you could have things like gas stations will are, are single use but they replenish every couple of minutes you could have upgrades around the world kind of like a mario kart like you you drive into something you'd get a tool to use to your advantage um they they could do i feel like that could be a really fun really deep mode and i think car crashing into other car with like big explosions and shit uh, that appeals to everyone you you cannot i doubt anyone's gonna look at that and be like oh it looks lame and they could make it free and the battle pass can include different models, uh, kind of the the way Rocket League does its battle passes, where it has different models, different trails, different paint jobs, yada yada. You're suggesting Burnout for that? I think Twisted Metal would fit better. I've never played Twisted Metal. It, it's a combat uh, I, I know racing of it, game. But I, I just don't know, like, I haven't played it enough to know how it would translate. I think Twisted Metal might fit that uh, idea a bit more. Maybe that's how they make their comeback. Because I know, like, Sweet Tooth is a clown guy. Yeah, discount Pennywise. Sweet Tooth is one of the many recognizable characters in the crossover fighter uh, PlayStation All Stars Battle Royale. <gasps> Wait, whoa, huh? Uh oh, <laughs> they're they're gonna make the comeback. Could you imagine a platform fighter with ninety nine people? <laughs> it's all on the same like Smashville type shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, like you know, um, do you remember that really big stage at the end of Brawl? It was called like the Great Maze. It was huge. Yeah. 99 players in that. <laughs> I just wish that when it came to a battle royale, we should find a way to lessen the amount of third partying that happens. For people that don't know, a third party or third partying, as people call it, is when two individuals are fighting on a battle royale video game. And obviously, when you fight somebody, you're both going to take some damage. But then a third party, uh, and so just a random individual, will wait until their fight is finished and then jump in and just play cleanup crew and just kill the guy who's so close to being dead already. And they call the third party because it's you and someone else having a fight, you barely win. And before you have a chance to sort of recoup, some a third party comes in and just fucks you. I think if you can find a way to work something like that out, that would be really cool. The problem I think that runs into is that say you have something where if you shoot someone in Fortnite, let's say you're immediately at full health and let's say a dome 
surrounds you. And you can only fight within that dome, and then whoever wins, their health is fully regenerated. So there's no way they can be third-partied. Then, that's not a battle royale, that's just a series of 1v1s. Yeah. And I think that's... Kind of gets sort of what made uh, the genre itself appealing. Yeah, because the idea is that everyone is fighting around you, and we've had Mm -hmm. games where we're getting, like, fourth, fifth-partied by people, and... It's always so cool when you're fighting someone and you're about to lose, but then some other guy comes in, starts shooting the guy who's shooting you, and then you can <laughs> heal up. And it's like, those are the best moments. Those are the most intense, thrilling moments in, in, in the genre, and I love them. Do you have any closing thoughts on Battle Royales? Um, Fortnite's pretty cool. Uh, Warzone, I don't care about it anymore. Apex, I never played. And um, I would like to see more unique ideas instead of shooters. Sega, the Puyo Puyo 99, jump on it. I was about to say, did you know there's like a Puyo Puyo game that's like a versus mode? It's like the, the it's the Puyo Puyo Tetris versus mode, except it's only Puyo and you play against people in Japan. It's called Puyo Puyo Esport. Can we get it here? It's the same game. It just has a different title. That's not sick. Yeah, it's just the versus mode that's in uh, Cross Tetris. Well, yeah, we can just play that though. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, I think uh, Battle Royales, I think they still have some kinks they need to iron out. Um, I think balance is always going to be a problem. And, you know, some people have tinfoil hat theories that making the meta so unbalanced is actually what brings people back to it. Hmm. Because if there's a new weapon that's basically free, people are going to want to jump on it to get that advantage. And if the meta never changes, or let's say everything is perfectly balanced, as all things should be, I think the game would get a little boring. And I think it would remove the variety that comes with it because i could be like in such a bad spot but because i just found a gold shotgun i now win the gunfight and yeah is it a little unfair yeah it is it's unfair but is it fun when you're not on the receiving end yeah yeah it is (laughs) oh the other thing nothing is more euphoric than getting a kill in fortnite and then emoting for three minutes straight while the guy has to spectate (laughs) like I'm such an asshole. I'll play Fortnite, get a kill. Uh, it doesn't even have to be a nice kill, but I'll get a kill and I'll just do the renegade I- until the it person stopped, uh, stops. It just spectating. has to be a kill. It doesn't even have to be like good. And this is a funny story. So I, I kill this guy. I walk up to him and I start doing all these different emotes. I-, I only buy the emotes that are like really fucking annoying. So like I'm doing Gangnam Style, the renegade, the saxophone one, the ninja emote, like all these like annoying ones. And then... This guy adds me as a friend and joins my party. And what I'm thinking is, does this guy recognize me? Because I've been recognized once in a game before. It was in a game of Valorant. Some guy was like, oh, I love your videos. And I mean, if this guy is by chance listening to that, I'm sorry. I played awful that game because I was so nervous that I got recognized that I couldn't play the fucking game. This guy joins my party in Fortnite and I'm thinking, oh, maybe he recognized me and he's going to be like, yo, Aqua, is that you? No. This was like a nine-year-old and he's like, Hey, bro, why are you dancing on my body, you little bitch? You're not even good at this game. <laughs> hey, fuck you. <laughs> he was just talking all this shit, and my mic wasn't working. I'm like, ah. He's like, yeah, you little pussy-ass bitch. And then he fucking leaves the lobby. Oh, my God. <laughs> and I, I didn't have my shadow play recording, so I don't have any audio of it, but it was, it was quite the experience. <laughs> oh, man. I love Fortnite. I feel like I'm going to start hating it more. As I get better at it, because I'm going to realize what the... As I better understand the mechanics, I'm going to better understand what's wrong with them. Mm-hmm. But right now, I'm still in that in that honeymoon phase. 
yeah, that's uh, that's our thoughts on Battle Royales. I, I know we were very much fixated on Warzone and Fortnite, but I think that's just because those are the most popular ones right now. And it is the ones we've had the most experience with. Was there anything uh, regarding the last few episodes that you want to add, Nick? Uh, no, I don't think so. Okay. I want to uh, jump back, actually, to a previous episode. I think it was episode three where we mentioned that we wanted some viewer submitted questions. And so I'll put that out again now because next episode, Nam's Compendium and I, we will be interviewing slash having a uh, special guest on. Uh, his name is Tony for you, uh, the number four, not the word for. And if you guys are familiar with his channel, if you're fam- if you if you're fans of Nick's channel, chances are you're fans of Tony's channel. My people p- people who are from my neck of the woods may not uh, know about him, but he makes a lot of um, Shimigami Tensei videos, and they're very good. And he is a good friend of ours. And so if you have any questions you would like to ask him. Uh, or us, or anything like that, feel free to... You can at either of us on Twitter, at Nam's Compendium, or at ThatBoyAqua. Send us some messages, or if this episode ends up on any platforms where you can leave comments like YouTube or something like that, you can feel free to uh, leave a question there. And we'll also have our all of our links in the description of this episode. And I, I wanted to ask uh, your thoughts on something, Nick, while we're here. How often do you read comments? Um, I check on them every once in a while, and sometimes I will dedicate some time to look through them, but it's not as often as I probably should be doing it. Because I think I'm having the opposite problem where I look at them too much. Really? Uh, Yeah, I've been catching a lot of flack recently for very non-issues, if that makes sense. Uh, One... uh, so I found out that Tomb Raider fans, obviously, this is the fourth episode where we bring up Tomb Raider. Uh, I, I found out that they are very defensive of their games. And so I actually, uh, I've been getting a lot of unkind comments and, and it basically boils down to, you don't like the game, so I hate you. And I feel like that's been bleeding into my scripts a lot. Like, I feel like I, I mentioned this uh, a few episodes ago, I think. My Black Flag video is a very bitter one. Like, I just sound tired of, or, or not like physically tired, but just tired of the fan base tired of like for example i'm calling it now this will be another video where i post it and people are going to read the title and thumbnail completely misinterpret what i'm saying and not listen to the first 30 seconds where i make it clear what i'm trying to say and they're just going to comment and call me a piece of shit and like move on you know and so i think i just need to stop reading them But then I feel this moral obligation because I think there are some people in the comments who are very kind and actually want to engage in a conversation. And I think, well, I don't want to ignore them, but is it worth basically just being miserable, reading, sifting through all the shit just to get to like the couple of nice comments? I want to know what your thoughts are. Honestly, you're always going to run into those people. They're the ones that you can't really reason with. So what I... As dumb as it sounds, it's pretty much just, like, you gotta remember that they're just words on a screen at the end of the day. Yeah. I'm pretty sure these people really don't care. And when I I can tell that someone doesn't want to have an actual discussion and would rather just scream and say, oh, you're wrong, this blah, 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 like, oh, this, it's actually good, it's actually bad, whatever... If someone clearly doesn't want to have a discussion surrounding the topic in question, I just ignore it. Yeah. Like, like I'll even say, like I'll try responding to some of these people 
And I even did to, I even showed you when I did it to another guy. Yeah. And, and this guy was being where, so fucking rude to you. Yeah. Where at a certain point, I just said, I would love to talk about it. Like, I would love to have a discussion, but if you don't want to have one, then I'm just not going to respond anymore. Yeah. I, I think like, I've just been getting too caught up in it lately because my videos and the stuff I put out, as much as I would like it to not be, it is an extension of myself. It is a product of my love for something, my passion for something, my, 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 thoughts on something and and they're even if they may not seem like it they're very personal and they're very i don't take pride in anything nearly as much as i take pride in my channel and so i think that i'm just maybe getting too caught up into it and i think there's too much of a disconnect now because i think my channel's big enough that people are not seeing me as a person if that makes sense because i feel like when i was at 10,000 subscribers it was like oh look at this like small dude just like reviewing games like he's because there isn't like a check mark next to my name it 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 must be genuine and it's wholesome and then even though i'm doing the same thing now but with just better quality it seems like people are almost meaner because they're like oh he has a lot of subs and mm -hmm. it, it puts me on this pedestal that i myself am not trying to put myself on but i literally can't help it i cannot help if people watch my videos or not I mean, I, I guess I could name all my reviews like stinky poop fart, and that would probably affect my numbers, but you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, they'd go up. Like, yeah, true. But it, it's this weird spot that, I, that I'm stuck in, and it's, it's just been like messing with me lately. And so I wanted to talk about it here because I know we have a couple of YouTubers and content creators that also uh, watch the show, and I'd be curious to know if they are, if they've experienced the same thing, what they do to sort of not um get caught up in it because to clarify it's not like i'm i'm sitting here like crying in the club or, or some shit like i'm i'm okay but i i just mean that like every now and then i'm like god like what am i doing you know mm -hmm. or i think like what have i done to make these people so angry and it's usually as simple as i like something they don't <laughs> which is as stupid as it sounds is genuinely like what it is most of the time and so other content creators out there what do you think about that Comment, DM me, do whatever. DM us. You can DM at Nam's Compendium, of course. And do you have anything else to say on that? This is uh, for those who are looking to get into YouTube stuff. Uh, comments start off very exciting, but then they stop. <laughs> yeah. And they become a nuisance and something that you look at out of obligation. But sometimes it's not all bad. Like, Cause I, we I as people like... We as people like to focus in on the negatives. You can have a hundred people tell you, man, that was awesome. You did a great job. But the one person who says, this is shit, blah, blah, blah. That's the one that's going to stick with you. Yeah. And the trick is learning to not let that affect you and to keep in mind the hundreds of people that did enjoy it. Yeah. And, and you know what? And there are so many nice people in comments too. Like, I, I mean, mm -hmm. I, I've actually some of the best like changes I've made to my videos have been from people commenting saying, Hey, I think your script would be better if you did this. And, and so that's why I, I want to keep reading them because I love finding that nugget of information or like there are times where I will read a comment that is so kind that it like almost brings me to tears. And so it's like, I feel like I don't just want to stop reading it altogether, but I think I might just have to do that or i might have to say in my videos like look i'm not going to read the comments anymore if you want to actually like talk about it follow me to twitter but then that i feel like that's just going to move the toxicity from 
one website to the other. And Twitter is already bad enough for toxicity. I'm very lucky that currently my Twitter sphere of like the people who follow me there are very kind and we have very uh, enjoyable conversations and stuff like that. And so I don't I don't want to compromise that. Because I've very much enjoyed Twitter over the last few days. Or last few weeks, actually. And hopefully one day I can get followed by Atlas West. Hopefully one day. Because you know me. I'm I'm huge, huge SMT tuber. I have tried so hard to find where that list came from, where you were on it. Yeah, we should give the context. We gotta, we gotta shut the fuck up and end the episode soon. This will be the last side tangent. But <laughs> there was this tier list of the like best SMT YouTubers. And to clarify, I'm relatively active in the smt community in the sense that i talk to a decent amount of people there mostly because of nick because digitally speaking me and nick are attached at the hip so if he starts talking to tony for you for example i'm eventually going to meet him as well and so there was this tier list of the best smt youtubers and for some reason i was on there even though i've never made a video on persona smt nothing even like i make it on the polar opposite of the spectrum when it comes to games. And <laughs> I love it. I think it's great. What would have been better if I found that list and we find out someone actually ranked you? Oh my god, could you imagine if they put me above, like, some, like, other SMT YouTuber? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and, um, it, it's been a running joke now that uh, Nolan is, like, the best SMT YouTuber out there. And we tell that to everyone, that he always makes videos on it, despite the fact that he's never done it. Yeah, like in live streams and whatnot, I'm like, yeah, guys, I have yeah. a massive Persona 5 video on my channel. It's just like, you just got to keep scrolling. It's kind of old. Oh, yeah, man. and I, it might actually be because we I only stream with you that you're on that list. Yeah, I, I 100% yeah, and I really want is. one day. Uh, we already done it once. I really want this to happen more where we gaslight people into thinking that you are a Mega 10 YouTuber. <laughs> and I, another thing too is that I did a video with Oziak, uh, another friend of ours who's like very active in SMT. And so there's a, perhaps that's it too. But yeah, I think that's, uh, I think that's it for me, Nick. I think I've said everything I want to say. This was a lengthier episode, but I think it was good. Mm-hmm. So thank you everyone for watching. I, I hope you've enjoyed. Nick, is there anything you want to say to the people before we head on out? Like we said earlier, we're going to have a special guest on next episode. And please leave any sort of question that you want to ask either me and Nolan or Tony for you, if you know who he is. It could be like opinion related, YouTube related, anything like that. And we'll try to answer as many as possible, assuming we get enough. Yeah. And I just want to throw out this like call to action. If you guys are enjoying this show share it around. Uh, We would love to continue uh, putting the show out there for you guys. And so if you are interested in it, if you like it, show your friends, tell your grandma. My dad listened to one of the episodes um, where I, he listened to the episode where I said that he is horrible theater etiquette. (laughs) And he called me about, he's like, Nolan, I don't do that. Right. (laughs) It's like, (laughs) I was like, well, I didn't want to start anything, but like you, you kind of do. And he's like, no, no, there's no way. <laughs> I said, okay, I'll say something on the show about it. I'll say that maybe my memory is uh, deceiving me and my dad does not have bad theater etiquette. But then he's like, oh, well, don't say it on the show. I don't want them to think that I called you and, and chewed you out over it. <laughs> so <laughs> sorry, dad. And I hope he's listening to this right now. He will. He, he said he likes it. He said it's accessible for non-gamers for the most part because we go on our weird side tangents. So, all right. 
for the ninth time now, we're ending the episode. Goodbye. It's been a pleasure. Thank you for listening. Nick, say bye. Bye. Bye.